This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Tyler Chaffo, and I'm going to let him introduce himself because his title is really, really long. Hey, Tyler, how are you? Hey, good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so uh, this is Tyler Chaffo. So manager of global sustainability at Avery Dennison Smart Track, and glad to be on today. You know, labels is something we haven't talked about on my show yet. and have done 80 episodes, and I'm excited to talk about it because Think about how many, I don't know, billions of labels are are produced uh, every day and used every day and put on boxes and bags and everything. So this is a really important topic. I'm excited to discuss it with you. So thanks. Thanks for taking time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So how did you get into packaging? First of all, yeah, no, that's a really great question. I, you know, it's been a, it's certainly been a journey. I've been with Avery Dennison now. This is my second go around with Avery Dennison after having left and leaving to go back to grad school and focus on sustainability packaging. I've been a part of in, in my first iteration with Avery and now even more so within my second iteration. And I think, you know, packaging is one of those things, and, and Avery Dennison kind of represents this is not something that the everyday consumer thinks about, but obviously there's a lot of benefit when we think about packaging and kind of what packaging has done historically. You know, you can, you can talk all you want about packaging within food, but, you know, really the introduction of packaging within fresh produce really reduced food waste by a material amount. So packaging really has a big benefit to play. And when I think about intelligent packaging or connected packaging, which is really what we focus on here at AWS and SmartTrack, you know, that's, Really, I think you go from being, you know, depending on how you look at it, something that can be a negative to really something that's a positive and even, and even more of a positive than just, you know, I'll say non-intelligent packaging. You know, overwhelmingly, you know, companies are looking for technology to be an enabler for sustainability, right? Yeah. There's a great survey done by uh, the UN Global Compact in conjunction with Accenture last fall around the, the power that digital twin technology has, you know, and the majority of CEOs saying that the ability to real-time track and trace materials or goods will have a significant impact on sustainability specific to their industry over the next five years. And that really digital twin, almost half of those CEOs saying digital twin technology will be the main driver there. And that's really what we do with an every and smart track is we give everyday items a unique digital identity and that digital identity sits on packaging. And so packaging can be this connection from the consumer the product, and then back to the business. And so all, all the insights and intelligence that you can create from that is really powerful. That's excellent. I, I know Landsberg Aurora, who I work for, has been a partner with you guys for many years. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Avery Dennison is known for? Tell us about this smart track technology or whatever you want to focus on first. Yeah. Yeah, no, sure. I'll, I'll give a 30,000 foot view around Avery Dennison as a broader corporation, right? So we're inherently a large company that not everyone has heard of, although I think in the past few years, we've really changed that image of ourselves and our position much more now as a solution provider, as opposed to historically being more positioned as a label and packaging company. But inherently at our foundation, we're a, a global company that specializes in the design and manufacture 
a wide variety of labeling and functional material. And we kind of sit across three main business units, one being our label and graphic materials, which focuses on these pressure sensitive, really one of the, our largest business units. My business unit, Everyness and SmartTrack, sits within another business unit known as Retail Branding and Information Solutions. That's where we get connected to the really the end users. And so, you know, we have a big focus on the apparel space. Our identification solutions division is really focused on the food and logistics segment. AD SmartTrack is a business unit that I'm in and in conjunction with our connected product cloud, Emma.io. So a little bit deeper dive into AD SmartTrack is we're really focused on, you know, providing everyday items you unique to life digital identity. And we've done that through a, a variety of means, if you think about a progression, from a standard barcode to ultra high frequency RAIN RFID to NFC, so things like Apple Pay to uh, to QR codes uh, and really low energy Bluetooth. So all kinds of these different, we'll call them trigger technologies that then connect back to a cloud and really connect and really provide a connected product. And then really our last business unit is our industrial and healthcare materials, which is really focused on the medical markets and really bring a product to market there. So pretty broad unit, you know, for for us with an evidence and smart track, we get to touch pretty much all the industries that exist out there in a variety of different capacities. But really it's about being that provider, that solution provider around visibility and transparency, and ultimately how that can be used from a B2B as well as a B2B, a B2C perspective. Right. Well, that's that's a lot. Wow, you guys do a lot of things in regards to labels and tracking. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a real world example of of a way that tracking packaging would make it more sustainable? Sure, a- absolutely. So you know, one of the things that you know, we we just launched this actually this earlier this uh, month with our Emma.io product, our connected product cloud is different modules and you know we have several modules really about five or so that we've we've launched as part of our spring update but two of those ones that i think are really impactful are on our carbon impact analytics as well as our waste elimination tool and so really those those two work by the ability to provide visibility and transparency within a item's journey and it's, it's items life cycle if you've heard of things like the digital product passport that's being discussed right now as part of the European Commission, the ability to provide a unique digital identity, to be able to track that, you know, now provides just this mountain of data, you know, and, and it's true in terms of what, you know, Peter Drucker has famously said that you can't manage what you don't measure. The ability to now measure gives all these greater insights that brands and retailers can now use for approved decision-making. So if you can track a product from beginning to end and source, and you know how it's, you know what it's composed of, you know, it, the type of packaging it's in, you know, ultimately where how that product can be reused or recycled or hit a resale market in terms of when it's reached its useful life. And that all that all comes from having information into its provenance and really its, its life cycle up to date. And so if we want to track its carbon footprint as it moves through the value chain and ultimately bundle that up into scope three emissions, we can do that. If we want to in the food segment, you know, track a package, you know, as part of a recall, which, you know, in this country, I think we have product, you know, food recalls seemingly every five minutes, then we can do that. <laughs> the benefit for that from a sustainability perspective is using that packaging to only remove the products that are effective, right? So rather than removing all my romaine lettuce, which obviously has a, a massive impact from a cost of goods sold perspective, but also from a sustainability perspective, you can you can now identify and remove only the effective 
product. And so that's been a, a key thing as part of the, the U.S. Food Safety Modernization Act. Yeah. Um, and the good part about that is removing waste, you know, waste across a number of verticals. You know, food waste is, is a big one that, I, you know, something that is very top of mind for me, but also plastic waste. And, you know, how can the package reduce that and, ultimate, and ultimately reduce waste within a value chain? And you can do that by, you know, tracking packages. And you can do essentially a heat map to say, okay, I, I can identify here's where I have, you know, large contributors to, to waste or to carbon. And because I have that visibility, now I can do some corrective action to say, okay, I'm not going to do that in the future, which I think is really powerful. That's really amazing. I've heard that 40% of fresh produce in the USA gets wasted just by, you know, you know, not being consumed. It it's, does not survive long enough to to get eaten and it just spoils. And right. to, to me, that's tragic. Yep. But this kind of technology sounds like it could really uh, make an impact on those numbers, which would be amazing. But you mentioned scope three. And we, mm-hmm. I, I just learned about this yesterday, and I'm excited to, to expand on it. Can you give us a, kind of a, you know, just like a general idea of what that means? What is sure. Scope 3? Absolutely. And I think Scope 3 is something that you're going to hear a lot more. And I think, you know, everyday individuals, regardless of their role, Scope 3 from an organization perspective is something that you're going to get engaged on, which I can certainly speak to. But I think... From an overview perspective, you have three different types of greenhouse gas emissions that can that are considered f- from an organization. Within Avery Denison, we have three different types of greenhouse gas emissions. You have scope one and scope two, which generally refer to your direct emissions, so the emissions from your own logistics network or the emissions from your facilities. And then you have scope three, which is also known as value chain or supply chain emissions, which is really your, your supply chain, your suppliers, the manufacturer of your products and materials you source, and then ultimately how those products get used and how those products have an end-of-life scenario. So what happens to them when you're done with them? So as you can imagine, that's a pretty big number. And if you look at it from kind of an infographic perspective, you have a arrow from an upstream perspective, and that's your purchase goods and services, which is what are the raw materials that I'm getting from my suppliers? And then you have from a downstream perspective, you have what are all the outcomes of the use of my products? What happens to a useful life? And so when you consider that number, it can be quite big. And in fact, for most organizations and most manufacturers, scope three emissions represent anywhere from, let's say, 60 to upwards of you know 90 plus percent of, of a company's global greenhouse gas emissions. So in terms of looking at a reduction, that's where you want to reduce. And you know, you've obviously heard recently, and you'll hear it more and more, all the talk about net zero and companies going to net zero, you really can't get to net zero unless you prioritize scope three. The catch 22 of that is it's a really hard number to really quantify and because it's so broad, it's intangible. You know, how do you measure the, the, the emissions of your raw materials you're sourcing? How do you then engage your suppliers to reduce that? And how does that impact you? So come, all the companies globally, and Avery Denison has a, we have a scope three target to reduce our own greenhouse gas emissions by 30% by 2030 with an aspiration of, of net zero by 2050. But, but you know, very, you know, very much, there's a lot of other companies globally that are focusing on that, but it is a challenge in terms of how, you know, one, how do you measure where you're at in order, and then how do you say, you know, what's the roadmap to, for, for your end goal, right? And so that's really the challenge for a lot of organizations. And, 
you know, you mentioned the food industry. The food industry, their supply chain accounts for 26% of global greenhouse gas emissions. And so you mentioned also food waste. Yeah. You know, food waste is around 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions. That's not food that's eaten, that, that's food that's grown and then sent to a landfill. And so really when you think about impact and how can we overall reduce the greenhouse gas emissions, we absolutely need to focus on scope three across all industries, but there's certainly some industries like food and driven by food waste that really are, are, you know, top of mind areas that we need to really drastically focus on and quickly. Absolutely. And packaging can, can add such a huge amount of value in those situations where it can extend the life of the right. products, the food that we work so hard to produce. Our farmers are so incredible and our producers are so incredible and if we can package it correctly for them, it can last longer, which is wonderful. Right. But I'm excited to talk about this next topic, this wash-off labeling that you guys are a part of. You guys have a label that will just wash off with, I don't know if it's a certain temperature water or or certain you know product that needs to be used. But mm-hmm. has that helped those the reuse programs like we have here in Oregon? Yeah. No, I would say... Absolutely. And so wash off is, you know, I would say almost always synonymous to reuse systems. You know, single-use bottles send these more permanent labels. There's certainly exceptions that exist, but I think high-level wash-off is generally used for return and, and permanent for more single-use market. And, and, and indeed, wash-off has been used in significant in significant volume volumes for a considerable uh, amount of time. Great. I'm not right. sure in terms of the Oregon market, but I could say, you know, in, in other markets and and we have a big presence in the Netherlands, which is where our European headquarters are for some of our divisions there. You know, you can go to the store, buy a, a plastic case with 24 glass beer bottles. You pay it a deposit at the supermarket checkout, yep. take them home, consume them. You put the empty bottles back in the case, return them to the supermarket, and then get your deposit of, let's say, almost four euros back, which is very identical to glass and PET bottles. Um, so the wash-off labeling is, is really critical there. And certainly, as we've seen, you know, the reuse schemes start to pick up, you know, you'll see, I think, wash off labels used more and more. You know, there's there's a big advantage, obviously, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint where you have certain permanent labeling and reuse schemes. And, and, and I, you know, I certainly could talk about that from an intelligent label standpoint. Then also some of the more, you know, marketing focused labeling you want to wash off so that, you know, because generally those labels get damaged. They get scuffed and, you know, brands that are very aesthetically focused, you know, like to have, you know, a pristine label. And so there's advantage with it having a, a wash off scenario there, which is certainly what we've seen. And, you know, to, to your earlier question, you know, how is that activated? And it really depends on the market. You know, you have different, you know, washing processes globally and, and recycling is true like that as well. Right. You know, it's very much regionally focused. And so in some markets, it could be activated by the, the temperature it could be activated by the caustic within the wash and so i think the ability for abs and as a material science company is to be you know it's great products that, that really fit you know certain specifics and, and really bring those products to market that ultimately make for a more sustainable world that's amazing so let's talk about some other sustainability yeah. things that that Avery Dennison is focusing on. Do you have any other initiatives or projects that you're working on right now that you felt like made a real big impact on sustainability of, of packaging? 
Yeah, I think certainly, you know, some of the things I mentioned earlier with our uh, spring release for our connected product cloud around waste and carbon, I think that that will have a big impact. But I think there's other ones as well, you know, from a material science perspective, you know, we're very much focused on reducing our own impact within our operations, but ultimately, how does that reduce the impact um, for the use of our products as well? And so you you mentioned scope three emissions, you know, the use of the use of products can have a big impact there. And so if you, you're familiar with uh, Tide commercial right now where it's washed for, and it's all about washing your, your clothes at kind of lower energies, that's because that's a big impact for scope three. And so the brands where their products are used frequently as part of their consumption. So laundry detergents, shampoos, hmm. you know, the ability to wash at lower temperatures ultimately has a big impact on scope three, which is why you're seeing you know campaigns like that. Then obviously there's a big monetary side of it. So certainly it's a similar approach for us is can we create products that enable reuse? Can we create products that enable circularity um, to better recycling? Can we create products that are, are biodegradable? And so adhesives, you know, face materials that allow for a biodegradable label. Because obviously in certain markets like food, that's a really big potential unlock there. And there's also some other areas where, you know, my business unit gets to be more involved with it, and specifically myself, where we look at how can we take packaging and really the products we provide and use them as an enabler of sustainability. So there's certain projects we're doing around, you know, actually increasing the collection and, and, and sortation of packaging. Obviously, there's landmark legislation happening right now around, around waste and, and really plastic pollution. And I think it's really an exciting time because, you know, I think right, right now what's happening with, you know, the, the global alliance around, you know, plastic pollution and things like that is very similar to, I think, what we saw with Paris Accords and climate. And so that's going to drive a lot further solutions around packaging. And, and I think we're well positioned to really be in a good spot there. And certainly some of the things we're doing, we're a member of Procter & Gamble, Procter & Gamble's Holy Grail project, which is really a partnership to drive the next stage for development of intelligent waste sorting. So how can you use, you know, how can you make the package the packaging more intelligent and so rather than it gets sorted via conventional means which you know let's face it here here in the u.s we've only we've only recovered and recycled about nine percent of our plastic since 1950. so how can we improve that and you can improve it by one identifying what the product is increasing its ability to be collected collected how does it get sort better now how does it get sent back as a feedstock for more recycled plastics, BCRs, things like that. So we're doing that in a variety of other ways. One of our partners is also using RFID technology, specifically NFC in, in Europe to do that. And so the ability to connect a product back to, to its origin uh, is really key. And so, you know, I think, you know, for us, it's about looking at, you know, what, what are kind of the next stages around packaging and sustainability that, that, that we can unlock. And I think it's about creating more in, intelligent packaging. And so those are, I think, Two top of mind examples that I'm certainly really excited about. I think it's going to help close the loop. When you look at, you know, there was a great study done by Penn State around, you know, consumer preferences around packaging and really how to recycle a product. And, you know, I, I can share with you the numbers, but effectively the answer is if a consumer knows how to recycle a product, they're that much more likely to recycle a product and it'll actually get recycled. So how can we use packaging as an enabler of that. So you could, you know, have the package talk about what carbon footprint it is, but at the same time through a digital solution, also say, this is what I am, this is how you can recycle me. You know, really digitizing that deposit and 
return scheme. You know, really, the, you know, the the main thing I think about with circular economy as it relates to packaging is, you know, you can create a product that is circular in nature. You can create the ecosystem that supports that take back and you can educate the consumers to do all that. But if you don't do all three of those things and only do two of, two of those three or one of those three, then effectively you've made a great product, you've educated your consumer and you haven't known, but you're missing on one of those things. And so cohesively, you're going to have a still a negative outcome where this item is not going to be circular. And so I think for us, it's about really closing the loop there and making things come together. That's very exciting, and I totally agree. We, if the consumer doesn't know what to do with it, it's going in the landfill or worse. Right. It's going into right. the environment, which is uh, what we're all trying to avoid here. Right. I did have a question. I've, I've thought about this for a long time. Has RFID technology caused any privacy issues? Like, could a company, say, track mm. a, a package all the way to somebody's house? Is that feasible? And is that a concern? Or is there a, is it kind of turned off at a certain point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's a really good question. And I'll say it, it's a historical question that we've, we've gotten a lot. And it's really primarily when you look at RFID specifically in UHF RFID at that and where it was first adopted within the apparel industry. I think early on when we saw this adoption take place, there was concern of that exact scenario you just mentioned, you know. Can a company or can a, let's say a bad actor trace my package or my, my item I purchased from the beginning to end? And the answer is effectively really no. And really the reason for that is that the way that the, the information is transmitted is you need to have in specifically, and you know, you can update it now, but effectively you have to know what the unique data means in order to be able to translate it. So if right. I were... Let's say I had an RFID reader and I was going through everyone's trash cans. I could scan a bunch of items, but it wouldn't mean anything in terms of what this was, where it came from. Now, that being said, I could still physically go through and let's say look at your items you've purchased and are throwing out and do the same thing. So, there, there, you know, I would say it was early on a concern, but really as it went through and was adopted, realized it was not a concern because at the end of the day, the technology is still very passive. And so it's not constant monitoring. You know, it's we, we consider there's a few forms of RFID, and generally we'll call it passive versus active. Active has a battery, and so it's constantly gathering data, reporting it out, things like that. Passive is not. It basically gets activated when RF energy is put into it, and then deactivates after a short period of time. Now, you know, flash forward, you know, things like consumer engagement, and you know, our connected product cloud, and you know, the ability to engage and have more consumer engagement post-purchase with packaging and products, you will run into that more and more. But all, all of our solutions are, let's say, GPDR compliant. So it really still anonymizes the data. So let's say you scan a package and you want to, and we'll take the example of a, a reusable package. You know, I, I have a reusable coffee cup. As a consumer, I scan this and I want to know what's the closest drop-off location. That, that process would still be GPDR compliant because it's not going to identify exactly where I am. It's going to say you're around this area. So, you know, the short answer is it was something that has come up and I think you'll continue to have it come up specifically as you go with more consumer engagement, but it's not really a problem. That's a good news, good news. and yeah. a, a kind of a relief, to be honest with you. Sure. So how do people get a hold of you, Tyler? Is, is LinkedIn the best way? Should we... 
go to the website? I think LinkedIn is a really good way to get a hold of me. I'd say also go to the Avery Johnson website, uh, go to our LinkedIn page, you know, stay connected. We're, we're working on a lot of exciting things. And, you know, you also have my email, tyler.chaffo at averydennison.com. Feel free to drop me a line, you know, happy to talk about the things we're doing and really how we can help support you there. Well, and we appreciate your partnership at Landsberg Aurora. I'd like to thank Landsberg Aurora for your sponsorship. And I'd like to thank the listeners. If you are listening, please take a minute to subscribe and rate the show. We truly appreciate that. It means a lot. Thank you so much, Tyler. Thank you, Corey. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.